Hey guys, here we are, the Quake Down MMA podcast, episode 73. Yes, I can't believe we're on 73 already. And if you're looking at the screen right now, you see two very familiar people who were on one of the earlier episodes, which I went back and watched earlier and was, oh gosh, <laughs> I had so much to learn. So uh, please welcome back friends of the show, Matt and AJ Marston. How are you guys doing? Great, man. How are you doing? Pretty good. So like I said, it's been three years since we've had you on the show. And I mean, as we all know, a lot has changed. So kind of tell me, like, what do you guys been doing these last three years? Because that's a lot to catch up on because uh, we've wow. got time. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, well, so that was like COVID. Uh, so we did some cool stuff in Japan. Uh, AJ was the first uh, female cut person to ever work uh, professional MMA in Japan in that period of time. So that was pretty cool. I mean, nobody uh, can ever take that away from you either. No, that's the best part about that. Yeah, and she actually, I think during that same time period, I think she also picked up that same title in France, France. I yeah. want to say. Yeah, so like she's she's like way more in the history books than, than I'll ever be. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, so those are some of the highlights, I think. Yeah, I yeah. think so. I mean, there was like, there was a lot of uh, adaptability going on with COVID and then like our shows being with no audience and not having fans there for a little while. Like that was weird. So there was a lot of like things to, you know, adjust to. And then when the fans finally came back, how exciting that was and how happy we were to have people yeah. there again. So. Well, so. and yeah, right when we had you on the show, you know, when you were on the show last night, I keep saying we, like I've got a crowd of people. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Royal we. It's the Royal we. <laughs> oh man. You got me going already but i know aj you had just kind of like dipped your foot into the cut man aspect and i know we were kind of talking about like do we call you cut man cut woman cut person <laughs> and you really you know just like matt just said you put yourself in the history books like what does that mean to you it means a lot i mean this was never anything that i thought i was gonna do um so to to be able to say that i did it is really exciting but it's also really cool because it's something that Matt and I have been able to do together. So he taught me, he took the time out of his really busy, busy schedule to teach me how to wrap hands, for example. Like I didn't really know anything about hand wrapping before. Like I watched him and, and I attempted it, but like, I didn't know the theory behind it. So he sat me down he's like, this is why we do it. And if you get a hand breaks that breaks this way, that means that your wrap was, you know, incorrect in this way. And so he took a lot of time to really teach me that. and. Not only do I appreciate it, but I think it's that extra time that he spent with me that's that kind of helped propel me in this career. Yeah, and again, a career you never thought you'd be in. Exactly. And Matt, exactly. you and I have never. talked about the hand wrapping and and how uh, fighters have come back to you and been like, "You wrapped my hand wrong." And be like, "No, it was broken before. It was yeah, broken." Yeah, that has definitely happened. Uh, wow. And I remember exactly yeah. who that was too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's happened more than once, unfortunately, since then. But but most of the time, I'll, I will say now, it's not like a blame game. It's more like, hey, don't feel bad about it. It was already broken. <laughs> like, I'll get more of that because I'm like, oh, yeah, I broke that three weeks ago. Don't worry about it. I just don't want to tell anybody. And I'm like, well, still don't okay. tell anybody because the commission will retroactively suspend you for a long on your medical. Please shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and then but then you feel bad, like you said, you know, their hand breaks and you're like, Did I wrap it too tight? Did I exactly wrong? And I'm like, you know, that's your workmanship out there. That's your product, your work product. Um, 
something we really didn't get to talk about, and I know now we now we can, and this is that's my UFC joke of the night. Um, <laughs> how do you guys feel about BKFC? Like, how do you feel about? <laughs> yeah, I knew that would get. <laughs> uh, so we, I, I will admit, we both watch every one of them. <laughs> we watch the hell out of them. Um, would I work one? I'm not exactly sure. Uh, it's they're fun to watch, but I'm not exactly. I would personally, I would not want. I'm not. I think Matt would do just fine. I think he'd be great. Uh, I would not want to do that. There's, there's definitely on their prelims and their TV cards. There's definitely a very wide skills gap, and it's it's a wide enough skills gap that it actually bothers me a little bit that they're that they're put, putting people in definitely on the on the prelims that probably shouldn't be in any kind of ring yet, let alone one as dangerous as bare knuckle boxing. And okay. so that would be my big criticism of them and probably why just from like more of like a moral standpoint, I probably wouldn't work one. Uh, but as far as, as watching them, yeah, you can have my $10. I'll watch that. I mean, it's <laughs> like it's entertaining. Uh, it, it but, is. but there, there, there have been people that I personally knew that they gave fights to. And I'm like, that guy has not trained a real day in his life. And I'm not quite sure how he conned anyone in the being in there and so yeah so that i do have a problem with because obviously they're not exactly being subjective in their match did i use that right subjective or objective objective they're not being objective in their matchmaking (laughs) (laughs) and i'm the same way and i've talked about it on the show and like i think probably five of the last seven guests i had on the show were all bkfc fighters and i just remember the first time i heard a knuckle hit a skull and i was like that was the worst sound on the planet like yeah. that was absolutely <laughs> the worst thing ever. and i couldn't look away and i think so, you're like, right it is entertaining there's no room from a, for... from a combat sports aspect though like i fine it's yeah. fine i just want the people that go in there to be the right people like trained realistically knowing what they're getting into yeah. as opposed to somebody off the street that thinks that this is you know a video game or right. i mean and we never then even i mean it. yeah there's definitely some people that have stepped on those prelims that have just been like yeah i don't have to train bro i just see red like i already know that they're those types i can tell by the way they're fighting man <laughs> i know you haven't actually done pad work with anybody <laughs> i know you've never sparred I don't need to do pad work. i'm just gonna punch this pole a bunch of times yeah. like, <laughs> so that that's really my only my only issue personally. It's just that I want I want to make sure that the skill level of the fighter stays up. But other than that, go nuts, knock knock that shit out of each other. Like I'm perfectly fine with it. <laughs> it's the two minute rounds, man. They don't give you time to mess around. You're just like, all right, go. Yeah, like, that's yeah. yeah, I like that. Yep. Like too. I actually quite like that. Like a shorter round creates more of a sense of urgency. Yep. And I'm always for that. Um, yep. I really like uh, what. John Wayne Parr kind of pioneered it, but I think one FC is picking it up now is like bare knuckle Muay Thai in the cage, basically. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, yeah, you can show me all of that you want. Yeah, like I will watch that, that yeah. all day long. That. Definitely. So especially if it's somebody at the skill level of John Wayne Parr. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> we went to we went to the BKFC fights in Orlando. BKFC 53. Don't quote me if I'm wrong, somebody. Um, or if you do put it in the comments so I can show that you're watching. Um, and then we literally went to Buffalo Wild Wings and I pulled up like my tablet and we were watching the one FC fights. So, nice. 
not that I didn't have enough, you know, violence for one night. Yeah, there's never enough. Really. That's that's why they give us so much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that was the fun part about like the last show. I had Jafar Ford on. He's three and zero in BKFC. But I watched that guy fight outside of a tilted kill in Clearwater <laughs> ten years ago. Nice. And those I are the real. Those are the real roots of the sport, yes. right there. Yes. <laughs> like. It's it's weird when you think back. So like ten years ago, like think about what you were doing ten years ago. You know the fighters who were relevant, the organizations that were relevant, and I mean that that kind of takes us into the next one. You know the whole Bellator purchase or B- PFL purchase of Bellator. I know you're like, oh, no, 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 no. I knew it was coming. Like I'm prepared for this. <laughs> I don't want to be that guy, but I'm that no, guy. It's okay. <laughs> what uh, was that like for you guys? Because I mean, you you guys became the standouts. Like I'd watch the Bellator cards really just to see the two of you like (laughs) thank you (laughs) it was so cool to see because i was like as soon as aj started getting in more and more and you guys were traveling all over the world and um lucas lucas that's right like behind the the scenes pictures like and all that stuff was so much fun to watch so what was it like to have that particular part of the journey come to i don't want to call it a screeching halt or an end because we don't know what's next for you but what was it like for that chapter to close? Uh, I don't know. You go ahead first, I guess. Um, I don't know. Like it, it, it happened. It seemed to happen fast, but slow somehow. Like that's true. Yeah. You know, we we heard about it back. There was like rumors of it, April, May, kind of. Then it was like, yeah. well, maybe, maybe not. The financing doesn't seem so. It just seemed to drag on and on and on. So it yeah, was. We heard next week for like. Eight months. Yeah. <laughs> we'll know next week, you know, and that that was definitely uh, rough. Yeah. So that was just like, well, should we look like, should we bother? What should we do? Um, so, but then once they kind of ironed everything out, then it seemed to. Yeah. Then it was fast and it was like, good. it was final. It was yeah. like all of a sudden. Um, honestly, my biggest regret was the, uh, like between Bellator 300 and 301, we didn't have a real sense of whether or not 301 was even going to happen. So it made 300 like an emotionally confusing show because nobody knew if it was the last show or not, you know? And so that would have been the better thing to do, but you know. Yeah, and you know, but we'd already had 301 even on the books. Mm -hmm. Like we we had all the hotels booked and everything. Yeah. And, uh, and so it was like, are we, are we not? I was actually told at one point in time that we would not, that it was like definitely not going to happen. And it like, hey, that's the end. Like, thanks for your service. Bye. You know, and then it did happen. So it, like that part of it was a real back and forth. But so I, I do regret that it kind of got jerked around there at the end a little bit. But nothing's ever clean and, and you know, a takeover like this. No. So. <laughs> a take, it's a hostile takeover but at the same time like i i joke about it but i mean that's that's how we met that's how we've developed this friendship you know over these years and you know i've i've said it before but i was like you guys have invited me to your house like we've hung out like it's been yeah. like one of those things where it's like i'm thankful for that so i just wanted to thank you for that and i'll thank well, yeah, bell for it and it'll continue despite you know anything that, yeah. that happens with anything moving forward i mean that's yeah, that's whatever happens. Oh, you know well, yeah, you can't get rid of me now. Listen, the moment I said industrial organizational psychology and you're like, AJ does that. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? 
like two percent of the population and i found somebody who actually does it like exactly <laughs> but it has been a weird thing and mma has been a weird game lately to the point where i can't believe i'm saying this on an mma podcast but i'm <laughs> losing interest uh, I understand that, and you're not the only one I've heard say that. I mean, I would say even myself, I've lost some interest just because of the sheer just volume. It, yes. and, and I feel that because of the high volume, the quality is going down. It can't help but. There are people main eventing UFC fight nights on ESPN that wouldn't have been on the undercard of a UFC 10 years ago. No. Um, and and so, like, I, I mean, it's sorry to be the asshole there, but yeah. it's just oversaturated and and... And I would rather see less but better, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, yeah, and you look back to, like, the UFC, like, 40, you know, 41, 42, 43, like, around that time. And it's like Tito Ortiz was on every card. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, because they were three or four months apart. Like, that couldn't yeah. happen now. Like, no. That's... No. Absolutely. Well, now, I mean, fighters complain that they don't hardly fight enough. No. You know, I'm only fighting once a year because everybody else needs a, a go. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've even we've even had that problem at Bellator. I mean, anybody that really pays attention to our undercards notes that towards the end of the year, man, those undercards go from being about 10 fights to about 20 fights because we're trying to, like, knock out contracts that we owe people contract fights, you know. So uh, it's it's always been kind of like that, I guess, yeah. uh, at least in the modern era. I you know, it's like AEW. If you look at them, they have like their their core stable right now because they're so new. There's like a certain people that are just going to be on every every show over there because they don't have the roster of WWE. Yeah, I love that you brought that into that because I will watch <laughs> AEW. Like I'm, I, I watch AEW. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, I love watching Sting wrestle again. I'm not even going <laughs> to lie. Like the man's 64 and went through two tables a few months ago. <laughs> and I was like, I'm half your age, and I would not do that. Shit. I would not do that. No. <laughs> well, I just can't believe I was. I was actually saying it to somebody today. I can't believe Ric Flair just feels like he's everywhere all of a sudden yes. again. Like yeah. I can't, I can't open a, any type of media without Ric Flair showing up in the last like month or so. I don't, I don't know what's going on. Uh, but man, the man is 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 everywhere, and he's having yeah. a good time. It seems like too. Yeah. So. <laughs> Well, that's the thing, because everyone's like, oh, you're going to wrestle Sting. And he's like, you know, do I want to get back in there? Yeah. Should yeah, I? That's... Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at least the man is honest with himself. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think Ric Flair's ever lacked honesty. No. <laughs> no. Maybe a little too much. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a little too much. But it's, you know, it's what we talk about, the oversaturation. And I feel like even with AEW... You know, finally, I would say coming into their own, but at the same time, turn on WWE and then don't watch it for six months and you'll turn it back on. And it's the same people with the yep. same yep. storyline. And I was like. And it's the same thing now, you know, we talk about, oh, when's Connor coming back? When's Connor coming back? And yeah. I was like, why? We don't need it. Uh we don't. You know, name this reliance on name recognition has been a problem. I mean, we yeah. we suffered from it at Bellator. I mean, come on, look at some of our past uh, main events there. Uh, we've definitely gone name recognition over a quality fight before. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, it, it but it, it plagues everyone to an extent. I don't get it. I would much rather. I I loved being able to watch someone like Michael Chandler come up. Yes. You know what I mean? And he didn't start with name recognition. I see. You see. You see. You pick up on a put down here. Uh, <laughs> but developing talent. Developing talent. Yes. 
Um, we've has, we've has talked a, about Chandler on the show. I just I know talked about in what extent. You know exactly what I'm talking. Uh, about. I know. Uh, I used him as an example for a reason. Uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, watching talent develop will always be more fun. Yeah. If you know what you're looking at, I think. Yeah. But if you don't know, uh, and I have no problem with the casual fan, they make up the majority of our fans. Um, yeah. But if you don't know, name recognition is always going to be like, oh, hey, uh, Gracie, Hoist Street. No, no, no. I've heard of that guy. I heard of that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's fighting. Okay. They have no concept that that man is 700 years old. Okay. They like, all they know is they've heard of him. You know what I mean? So, uh, and, and, like, man, if I were a marketing exec, I'd probably do the same damn thing. So I don't even know. Like, you know? well, again, it's funny you brought up, you know, Gracie. You know, I had the pleasure of meeting him. And he was one of the funniest guys I've ever met. Yeah, yeah. And I know you guys spent a lot of time with him. So give me your best Hoy story. Like, what's the story that, like, you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe he did this. Well, see, the problem is, is that the best Hoy story is not one that can be told in public. Uh, <laughs> oh. uh, All right, the so, second best voice story. Second best voice story. So actually, I have a good one. You remember the cheese thing in the process? Oh, yeah. yeah. So we were in uh, we were in Italy, and we were all at dinner, and and Hoist got a white pasta dish. I'm not exactly sure. Oh, it was lobster. It was like it was it was lobster. I'm sorry, it wasn't a white pasta. So it was lobster, and lobster with like a little bit of pasta on the side. And we're we're in Florence specifically. And he asked the waiter, he's like, hey, come over here. And the waiter's like, yeah, what can I do for you? And he's like, can you put some cheese on this? And the waiter's like, like, yeah, basically like he's in an Olive Garden. And the waiter's like, cheese. And Hoist is like, yeah. And he's like, on lobster. And Hoist is like, yeah. Yeah. And the waiter goes, really? (laughs) (laughs) And Hoist is like, yeah. And and he like he wouldn't do it. We had to get the manager. The manager had to come over and put that cheese on there because that waiter refused to hoist Gracie's cheese request on his lobster. He's like, no. Yeah, he's like, not gonna fucking do it. Not gonna oh do it. That God. chef worked really hard on that, and you're about to blow it up, and I'm not gonna let you do that. <laughs> so it was it was just absolutely hilarious that this waiter was. I'll never forget it when he was like, really, <laughs> really, <laughs> really, you had cheese on your lobster. Uh, yeah. So there's our most publicly available voice yes. story. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, and I mean that's that's the best kind of story. And that I, yeah. mean, I thought he was going to ask for red wine. I was like, oh god, here it comes. Oh, no, it yeah. just you know, I I do remember I was rolling with his son Conry one time, and Conry is heads and tails above anywhere I'll ever be as far as jujitsu ability, and. I remember I had just gotten subbed and Hoyt wasn't exactly watching, but he like realized that we reset. Now that's an important aspect of the story. He didn't watch what happened. He only knew that we reset ourselves. Okay. He looks at Connor and he goes, how'd you get him? All right. He didn't know that Connor, he didn't see me tap. He didn't do anything. He just looks at Connor and he goes, how'd you? he just knew Connery. If we were resetting, he knew that Connery had subbed me. And so, which he was correct. <laughs> God, it was like, oh, triangle. And he was like, oh, okay, good. <laughs> like, but it was just, like, how'd you get him? <laughs> like, hey, fuck you too, man. I, I might have got lucky. <laughs> I went to his seminar at Gracie HQ in Tampa. And I literally paid $90 to take pictures there because I was like, I want to be a part of this seminar, but I'm not rolling. Like, absolutely <laughs> yeah. not. Like, 
like and i was i was still a white belt and i hadn't like committed yet it was after that seminar that i was like i need to do some shit like let's go be serious yeah. i don't do it. it's like and, going to a revival back in the day you yeah. found jesus you yeah. know <laughs> you went to a waist gym seminar and you found jujitsu <laughs> I found I found a reason to love it again because I just remember seeing Hoist and being like, this is like the person, like this is, you know, and he wasn't the person who brought jujitsu, like, but it was the person everybody's going to associate with for the you know, we're at twenty five. He's the person years. that sold it, you know, to years. the masses. Yeah. 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 You know. So hey, Ray Kroc, Ray Kroc didn't start McDonald's, but you know he's the one that finished it. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> so he's exactly. the one that stole it. But I just remember Hoist going, "Use your other arm," and the guy goes, "What?" He goes, "Your other arm," and the guy goes, "Huh?" And Hoist walks over. He goes, "I said use yes. your other," and he like lifts the guy. Up. <laughs> like, yes. But yeah, I remember, yeah. I've, I've told this story, and I don't care if anybody's heard it before, but I'm sitting in a circle with my good buddy, Christopher James, Matt Arroyo, Rob Kahn, and Hoist Gracie. And You're in a button head there a little bit, buddy. <laughs> and I was like, I'm just going to listen. I'm like, don't say anything. Yeah, yeah. Don't say anything. <laughs> and they're telling a story, and Rob Kahn's telling the story, and he starts making fun of Hoist. And Hoist just goes, you hobby and he pushes him. <laughs> he falls over and he gets back up and he pushes hoist and i was like oh, you can't do that and everyone in the circle looked at me and i was like oh sorry i didn't mean to say that out loud <laughs> hoist is like listen to the man you can't do that <laughs> yeah, I was like, you can't. but i just it's changed so much i'm like you know the last probably the last six months i've been lazy i won't i won't lie about that you know training but I went a couple of weeks ago and I was like, man, I miss this. I was like, but the people I used to beat up are beating me up. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. That happens with the breaks, you know, that yeah. <laughs> so, that take that as motivation too. Yeah. you know, you just oh, be yeah. like, Oh, well, I can't let that happen again. Well, you know, you, got, you gotta have that, that one person at your gym that you refuse to ever submit to. That's kind of our <laughs> joke. Like, we have, you know, like I have like the one guy, like, I will never tap to you. I will die before I ever. <laughs> Like let you feel my hand three times, you know. So <laughs> that's that. That's my motivation. Sometimes it's like, oh, that person's starting to capture me. I better, yeah, I, gotta go. I better speed up. <laughs> yeah. And there's what's really funny is like normalizing not rolling with people, you know? Because there's yeah, I think that that's perfectly fine. Rolling is a is a partnership, and if you don't want to roll with somebody, you that you should be free to yeah. say no. Yeah. You should always feel comfortable always saying no. Yeah. Whether that's an yeah. injured, hey man, you know, I, I, my knee's messed up. You're a little bit heavier than I want to deal with right yeah. now. Like it doesn't matter what the reason. You should never even have to explain yourself. Yeah. No is no. You just don't no. want to. Hey man, want to roll? Nope. nope. Okay. okay. Moving yeah. on. Yep. Yep. No, it happened. It happened once where I was like, they were like, "Oh, Quiggins, come here," and I was like, "No," and everybody saw me say no. And my professor was like, "Hey, is everything okay?" And I was like, "Yeah, it's just like even when I'm not like giving him resistance, like." He like takes my knee and smashes it down, and I'm like, yeah, I'm like no, I, literally no resistance for guard pass, and I still get hurt. And I was like, yeah, 
Yeah, and then that's not good for anybody. Like, no, he, he's not actually improving anything. You're certainly not improving yeah. anything. And You're likely great. getting injured, and the gym owner is going to lose one, maybe two students over this. Yeah. Like, it and behooves everyone was, for you to say no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and this was years ago too, and so it was like I learned to have those conversations with people. Be like, this is why I'm not going to roll with you. You know, yeah. I. Don't, that's great. And especially if you want to like in long term, if you have an issue, but I just don't like I'm, I'm for taking it that next step. Normalize not needing to explain yourself yeah. either. Like if you say no, there's a lot of toxic bullshit in jujitsu. Mm -hmm. And it's, and you know, a lot of people are attracted to jujitsu because they're attracted to like hierarchical power structures. And they like that that belt gives them a title. Mm -hmm. And so just because you're a black belt doesn't mean you're not an asshole. You know, you've heard me say that before. And so, uh, you know, you may be a black belt, but if you're a fucking spaz on that mat and you hurt people, I'm going to tell you no. And if you have a problem with that, guess what? I'm a free American. I'm walking out the door. All right. That's as far as it needs to go. Like I, I, my ego is not dependent on whether or not I did well against another guy who has an ego problem at a yes. thing I go pay to do. Yes. You know what I mean? I just won't go. <laughs> so... Uh, I wish more people would just realize that this is a hobby, man. We're not out here. We're not. We're not samurai fucking warriors. Yeah. You're never gonna headline a UFC. I am 42 years old, and I have both my knees still. Don't blow them out. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, like the the large majority of us like take a lot of this stuff. You know what? If you do what David Goggins does, you know what you're gonna get: rhabdomyolysis and in the hospital. So don't do that shit. You know what I mean? Moderation is is there for a reason. Use it, love it, know it. Yes. <laughs> you know, like don't don't try and and be. These people are outliers for a reason. Let them stay outliers. You need to come in somewhere near the middle, <laughs> okay, to I, be successful. I think that's the most fun about talking to people from different walks of jujitsu. You know, whether they got a black belt in ten years, whether they got one in fifteen years. You know where they stand because you've got certain black belts who are like. I don't bow when I get on the mats. And I was like, what? Like, yeah. and it, it's, it's just something. Like, we're, we're purple belts. So just to make sure everybody, like everybody on is we're just purple belts. We're not yeah, black belts ourselves. I do bow when I get on the mat, but I would never expect anyone else to do it. No, I just started off in traditional martial arts and I think it fucking feels cool. That's yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I like doing cool. it. I like it. But then there's there's little nuances. It's like don't tie your belt when facing. I was like, sorry, I'm gonna. Yeah, and I don't want to do that. But like other people do that. I, and I, the first time I saw it, I was like, yeah. like the first time I did it, he's like, no, you're not supposed to do that. And I was like, why? Exactly. <laughs> and then, like, actually, like, why? You're right. Do it. Who like, cares? Why? This is some mythical system <laughs> where the black belt is like, <laughs> shut up, man. That guy's 23. Like he's never like he's he's never had a real job in his life. I don't have to, I can tie my belt facing him. Okay. <laughs> you look over, he's just staring at you like sorry. Like, that guy's good at grappling. That's the only credential he has. I can I can tie my belt facing him. Okay. <laughs> I feel like I'm gonna get some hate mail after this one and I don't care. <laughs> you might need to, but you know what? Like then come to the gym and roll with me. And if you're really, really good, you'll win and I'll bow to you or something. I don't know. We can make a bet on it. I don't care. <laughs> Like, matter. you know what, if you if you're the type of person to send hate mail about this, you're the exact type of person that's taking it too seriously that I'm talking about. So <laughs> you guys like, out around. yourself, guys. <laughs> Way to write that angry email and be the angry Karen that we all knew you could be. <laughs> Doesn't that just seem like an antiquated statement now that angry email?
Like, yeah, email, right. like I so mean, yeah, I guess we're older. We're, we're elderly millennials. Send that angry Discord. Yeah. Come on, guys. Like, hit, hit. Send that angry facts. <laughs> yeah, make it. Hit a, go make an angry Reddit post about it, about how, uh, about how I said you can be an asshole and a black belt. Oh, my God. Do you guys still have your garage gym? I know you mm -hmm. set it up for COVID. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we love it, man. Uh, full mat space. Yeah, we added That's some great. workout equipment to it. Like yeah. it just keeps growing at this point in time. COVID helped with that. We yeah, like we need a treadmill. We need. <laughs> yeah, we're like let's get in on this. Now we have battle ropes and yeah. sandbags yeah. and everything in there. So, oh dear God. Yeah, well, I know for a while you were you were bulking up and then you slimmed down like. Very yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, honestly, my blood pressure was getting out of control. For people at home that are like, oh, like just because you're exercising, you should still do your blood work. Yeah, uh, and uh, you know, I had I had blood pressure issues from the amount of weight I was carrying, and so we just luckily she has the heart of like a world class cardio athlete with a resting heart rate, literally that causes alarm bells to go off when she goes to the doctor. That's true. Like, <laughs> ahead of time, like it's extremely low. My heart rate, my blood pressure is going to be really low. Don't be alarmed. <laughs> yeah. So whereas mine is the opposite. The same alarms go off for the completely opposite reasons. <laughs> My my running joke is so me and my dad are not small guys. We're just not. You've met me like I'm not a small guy. But every time I get my blood pressure taken, they take my blood pressure, they look at the numbers, they take the cuff off, they put the cuff back on, they do it again. They don't believe that I have I don't have high blood pressure or anything. But they'll look at me and be like, Really? Something yeah. must be wrong. Like, what's going on here? Yeah. yeah. It happens. I mean, it's just like that's their own bias. But if your numbers are good, your numbers are good. You know what I mean? That's all that really matters. Yeah. Like, like that's, if you're well, not going to blow your out. heart up when you when you exert yourself. Yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> Let's go exercise. You know, I'm so sure that their power lifter, like Eddie Hearn, the the power lifter, I'm sure his blood work is better than mine. You know, and and his body fat percentage is definitely way higher yeah. than either of ours. But the man, I love Eddie. I love watching all those guys, Brian Shaw, like all that stuff, like. I believe so. That's entertaining. I think Eddie is supposed to headline. I'm booked right now for what is it? The finishers card in Qatar in February. I'm supposed to go do that. And I believe Eddie might be. No, who am I thinking of? Have you heard about this card? It's like all it's all like power lifters and everything that are doing this this card. Hold on. Uh, finishers in Qatar. They're very new. They've made some really lofty promises. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, <laughs> But trying to think, who am I thinking of? But uh, it should be it should be interesting. Who's that? Eddie Hall. Hold on. Eddie Hall. Yeah, strongest man in the world. Eddie Hall. That's what I was thinking. Eddie Hearn. Yeah. So that should be an interesting card. We'll we'll see how it goes. Dude, but that's exciting. You're getting to go to Qatar. Like that's. We'll see. Yeah. I, I, well, I'm 50 50 on if this card actually happens. Like I said, some lofty promises. I would really like it if it did. It's supposed to have John Wayne Parr on it as well. Uh, like it, it, <laughs> okay, so that's why. That's why. Okay. Yeah. So, you're like, I'm uh, not doing this. So, like, John Wayne Parr, you're like, I'm in. Well, you know, how can you say no to John? Right? Like, nobody yeah. can say no to John. He's literally the nicest person on the planet. Like, anybody that's met him is like, it's like, it's like John Wayne Parr and Lucas Noonan, the photographer at Bellator, you mentioned yeah. earlier, fight for that position of nicest person on the planet. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so funny because I had it like in that moment, I was like, I know who Lucas is. Like, I've, I've known about him for years. But in that moment, I was like, Lucas, right? Like, that's his thing. I felt so yeah. bad. Yeah. 
it's yeah. it's amazing what it's been able to do. Like you guys, you know, you've talked about all that travel. I know in Dubai a couple of years ago, I had a fighter. I won't say who was supposed to fight like Floyd Mayweather on the top of a building in the middle of the desert. And he was like, I want you to come cover this. And I was like, there are some roadblocks that may yeah. come. In the <laughs> yeah. Quite a few actually. So we'll see. Yeah. I'm in the same, yeah. I'm in the, in the same roadblock situation. We'll see. How it turns out. I also thought it was funny that you brought up the um, bodybuilders you know, the strongest men, because the Arnold book is right here behind me. If you can't see it. <laughs> I made sure strategically placed just for you. Nice. Uh, Appreciate because... it. So a few questions there. Did you watch the documentary? Yes. The, the new three-parter on Netflix? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Was it not brilliant? And you're like... Oh, I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. And I love his new... And if you're not subscribed, I would encourage everyone to go subscribe to his Pump Club newsletter. He sends a daily newsletter into your email. It's it's fantastic. It's really it's it's good. It has it's motivational. It has some like basic exercise and nutrition tips. Yep. Like it's not overwhelming. You like he sells something every once in a while, but it's not too bad. Yeah, not too bad. So like he doesn't give you discount codes for products. Yeah. If you're so, in that, but like push it. I like I yep. You know I love that guy. Yeah. So I do. <laughs> <laughs> you you can't see it, but the conquer poster, like the literally that uh, oh, yeah. up is That's behind me. Like it's nice. you know what? We're gonna do this for the first time ever. We're gonna show the that show that it's up there. <laughs> behind this <laughs> there it is. Nice. Neat. Yeah. I uh, just and he's got a new book out, his seven rules for life. So yeah, I definitely keep up on my arm. So yeah. Yeah. But that's what that is. So that's the new one. So I just started it a few weeks ago and I haven't read it. There's there's certain things in my like MMA books, you know, Dwayne Finley, when he put his out in like circle like 2016, I literally read like 16 of the 20 chapters in an afternoon. I, I couldn't put it down. But then with a book like this, I'm like, I'm taking some of the principles and I'm applying it and I'm just waiting because I feel like if you read it too fast, you're just going to mess yep. everything up. You're reading it yeah. just to finish it. You're not thinking about it. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, like, read um, a chapter, think about how you can apply it. Yeah. 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 It's the psych, it's the psych major. Like there's like right, there's yeah. processing here instead <laughs> of just like, let me read and because I can read a book and then you go, what was it about? I go, no, oh, yeah. I but there was a guy. Yeah, I don't know. Something. Yeah. There's a guy working out and he said I should be more useful or something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I gotta get up earlier or some shit. I yeah. Know. No, I gotta get up early. Okay. Sleep faster. Um, I, also, yeah. I also thoroughly enjoyed Fubar, and I know a lot of people gave it garbage, but if you watch okay. this, yeah, I mean listen eight hour long Arnold movie. That's all it yeah, was. Yeah, Arnold. Arnold's favorite comedian is Arnold. And I think <laughs> yeah. if you know that going into it, you'll be yeah, fine. fine. Like, yeah, that's fine. Episode five was the best with Norm. Uh, yeah. Up, yeah, yeah. I was like, I'm not going to spoil it for anybody, but that was the funniest scene in the entire show. And I think it just yeah. got picked up for a second season, didn't it? Oh, I would I watch thought. that again. I, I thought care. so, yeah. I was thinking, yeah. My, my favorite Arnold movies are the worst ones. Like, yeah. Yeah, where he's like, he's uh, like, <laughs> remember when I killed you last, I lied. Like those kind of like one-liners that he came up with. They're phenomenal. They're phenomenal. Like, and they're so bad. They're yeah. so bad. Like, and that's what makes them. We were actually talking 
day before yesterday that one of the the biggest pitfalls that Sylvester Stallone probably fell into was trying to be a comedic actor when he was such a legitimately good dramatic actor. Like we were watching like the original Rambo First Blood where one person dies in the whole movie, by the way. It's a Rambo movie and only one person dies in the whole movie because back then it was meant to be a real movie and not just a like a, you know, basically an action slasher. Uh, and they were like, you know, when Sylvester tried to compete with Arnold and make like stop or my mom will shoot in those more funny comedies and those more like like box office oriented comedies, as opposed to like Rocky and First Blood that were really like dramatic turns that were like an Academy Award nominee like contention. Mm-hmm. Like he would have probably been remembered as like one of the greater actors of our generation. And I mean, it's not that he's doing bad or anything. No. Don't get me wrong. I mean, the man is paid yeah, he's, and he's probably perfectly happy with right. that, but. But he's just not really a comedic actor. The only comedy that I even really liked him and, and it wasn't because of him. It was because of uh, Kurt Russell it was Tango and Cash. Oh, Tango and Cash. Yeah. <laughs> and that's because he had a great comedic yeah, actor exactly. to work off of. Yeah. So, so like and that was the work. And from what I understand, like when they, they did Rambo and they walked out of the theater when they saw it the first time, they were like, we got to pull this, this movie. Like they didn't think it was a good movie. Yeah. Well, and the original, you know, he commits suicide at the end, Yeah. you know, trigger warning. Sorry, people at home, but uh, he, you know, that's the original ending of the book and Rambo is that John Rambo is cornered in the woods and commits suicide. And it was meant to be this big, you know, like examination of like PTSD and you know, how it really looked like and how it ended. And then they said, but do you want to make a billion dollars with a sequel instead? And they said he can live. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and, then, and then now, and then we have what we, what we ended up with. But, you know, from a psychology standpoint, like in the original Ram, Rambo movie, his, his basically his flashback and breakdown in the last 10 minutes of the movie when he's with Colonel Trauman is like, it is super realistic. It is yes, insanely realistic. And, and, you know, he went from that to like, like I said earlier, stop or my mom will shoot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so, and it's like, dude, you can't be Arnold. No, like you were a dramatic actor. You're a dramatic actor. Yeah. Arnold is a comedic yeah. action star. Yeah. Well, and that, was, right. that was what Arnold was. And I love what he said. Um, I don't know if it was in the documentary. I think it was in the book. And he says, there's a line in there. He goes, you know, I paid for acting classes. He goes, I even paid to have my accent removed. And in parentheses, it just said, and I want my money back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, some of his best jokes are based off of the fact that he, you know, he, he, has he, he says them the way yeah. he does with his accent. Yeah. That's California. I mean, his whole governor campaign was basically, you know, ran off the way he says California. <laughs> like one of my biggest regrets today is that I don't want to have, I don't have one of the t-shirts from that campaign, actually. Yeah. Like I wish that I had one, yeah. um, but, uh, like they probably go for me in boxing. It never should have worked. Like him running for government, like it shouldn't have. But he wanted it more than anybody else. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. he did a really good job for the. I thought so. at the end, it, it was rough at the beginning, but then when he figured out he really did have to compromise, he started doing some fair compromise, yeah. and he did a lot more for the environment than I think people give him credit yeah. for around yeah. California. So, oh, I, I mean, I'm not a Californian, but just a jealous Floridian. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I'm looking up. Uh, Arnold for president, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh man, yeah, Stallone Schwarzenegger for president, yeah, twenty twenty four. I'll vote that ticket. Yes, I mean, I think we all would at this point. And we don't talk politics on this show, but that's okay because it's Arnold. Yeah, like, that's, that's my that, one that's, caveat. That's, like, that's, that's not that's yeah. the good stuff. 
What do we think is next for you guys? You know, I don't want to be that person. I know we just jumped right into it, but you know, after all the Arnold talk and like, what's next? Like what's coming? Like, what do you see? Where do you guys want to see yourself now? Cause my BKFC question was literally a employment question. I just wanted to mask it by asking if you liked uh, it or not. Uh, well, I guess I'll try and be useful, as Arnold says. <laughs> <laughs> There's um, seven tips to that. You better breathe. Oh, um, well, luckily, I have a sugar mama uh, doctor that I'm married to. So it gives me a little bit more leeway than some of the other people have. Um, as far as, as, as my future in the sport, I'm not entirely sure. Um, I was not offered anything at PFL. Um, Which is bullshit. They came out and they, they made some statements about everyone at Bellator would be offered a job. That was not entirely true. Um, a lot of people at Bellator had different job codes. It was, you know, did you work directly for Bellator? Did you work for Viacom? Did you work for a contractor that Bellator hired full-time people from? And so therefore you were technically full-time with a contractor. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of people at Bellator fell under those, those second two. You either worked for directly for Viacom or you worked for a contractor that Bellator used most of his full-time people through. Nobody in those second two buckets got offered things. Okay. Only the people that were full-time that worked for directly for Bellator, which I'm, I'm absolutely happy for all those people to, that got offers. There are um, some people that- But I, I will, and I'm not going to name names, but I will say that there were full-time people that worked directly for Bellator that did not get offers. And that person doesn't sit right with me either. So no. I, there were statements made about people getting offers. It felt like a twisted statement to begin with and then untrue at the end uh, anyway. Um, on top of that, if I'm being honest, the person who runs the Cutman at, at, at PFL is a person that I fired from Bellator uh, because he he cost a fighter from SBG a fight on national television. And so I had to let him go at the request of a coach. Yeah. Okay. And and not only the request of a coach, but the request of, of a few other people whose names have been thrown around today, like Mike Kogan, who said, why the fuck is that person working for us? Well, that person is now the head Cutman at PFL. So not exactly a place I want to go. <laughs> you know, wow, that uh, just opened up a whole new can of worms. Oh yeah, God. so um, not really interested in UFC myself. Uh, and you know, it's not like I've even been invited, don't even know if I could get in there if I wanted to. Um, but I don't see much of a future for myself at PFL at this point in time. Um, I have no idea what Bellator looks like in the future now with Mike Hogan taking over. Um, I would certainly, if they approached me, I would certainly listen to anything they had to say. I love all of those people, but um, at the same time, I don't expect that approach, I guess mm -hmm. is what I'm saying. Um, so for now, uh, I started a tape business for all the Cubmen out there <laughs> to use that is way better than anything you're using, I promise, and it's half the price. I love that all of us have our shameless plugs. On yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, as far as my future in this sport, like actively working as a cut man, I don't think that there is much of one at this point in time, to be honest. But my future in this sport, actively trying to help out coaches and fighters and promoters, like on the tape side of things and trying to, to at least make a little bit of a difference there. Like that's that's something I will try and do. And I almost want to say that's as important. Because the safety of the fighters is what we're what we all want. It, that's It's the same thing we all want. You know, watching some of the bare knuckle fights, I'm like, dear God, 
that man's going to be ruined for life. And two weeks later, you're like, wow, he looks fine. (laughs) (laughs) But what, you know, somebody released, um, you know, concussions and brain damage per, you know, sport. And BKFC was coming in lower. And I was like, yeah, because you can only take so much punishment. Yeah. But I love that you're like, even just something like simple, I'm going to say simple like tape, but it's important. You're not well, doing that right. How many times have you seen stuff hanging off a fighter and they're sitting there looking at it and they get kicked in the head, they get punched in the head, they get taken down because they're looking yeah. at something. Yeah, it's distracting well, and it can it can rake an eye. It can yeah. it can um, do quite a few things. But it also, if it's doing that, it's it's not doing anything worthwhile inside that glove to protect your hand either. <laughs> you know, what I mean, um, and then you know, I. I started the company with another Bellator cut name, uh, named Craig Nacello, and then one of our European cut men over and oh, maybe I shouldn't call him European. He's English. They got they left the EU. Yeah, they know. Uh, one of our English oh, cut men, uh, Simon Haslam, and we basically were like, guys, like these other tape companies are charging this much. They're charging five to eight dollars for a nine meter roll, which that means it takes two rolls to wrap a set of hands. I got to use one roll per hand. So that's going to cost me at a minimum, like $10 to wrap a set of hands. Just for tape. That's Just for tape. Dollars. Yeah. No cause included. So oh, you look at that premium tape and that's the tape you want. That's the protective tape. That's the good stuff, right? Yeah. Or you look at the stuff that you can get online. That's plain white. That doesn't stick. That hangs out of your glove. And it's a dollar a roll. Yeah, well, if I'm, if I'm a poor coach, Right. I'm a poor fighter. We all know that like half of them like have gear deals just because they can't even afford their own their own gloves, for God's sakes. We don't pay them enough. Right. Yep. They're going to go for that dollar roll. Because that's, that's what that's because even though it's crap, you know, it's it's the old thing. Like it's it's expensive to be poor. Right. Can't afford to have your teeth taken care of that cavity. Now you're going to need a root canal later. It's expensive to be poor. And uh, we recognize that the same thing applied to like safety equipment. So when we realized that the margins were there, it's not that they had to charge that much to get premium tape. It's just that they were just doing it because they could. Yeah. And we went out and we made a better tape and we charged half the price. It's like, if I can still make money charging half the price, then you were ripping everyone off. Yeah. And that's kind of the motto of our company. (laughs) Everyone else was ripping you off. (laughs) So... So they offer larger rolls of tape for a lot cheaper. Yeah. So instead of $5 for a nine meter roll at your Roy, you can get a 13 meter roll for $2 and 50 cents. And do both hands. And do both hands. So it's really a dollar 25 a hand instead of $5 a hand. And I think that's a lot more palatable if you're a fighter that's fighting, you know, twice a year at 10 and 10, and you're giving up 20 to 30% to managers and coaches to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so safety shouldn't, we we say it around your voice, safety shouldn't rely on your 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 income bracket. You know what I mean? Man, you guys like literally have the best slogans in the world because you're a tape company and you said we won't rip you off. I was like, ah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we like our Ponze Eroy. Yes. <laughs> but well, I'll exciting. let AJ uh, you know, I kind of cut you off. What is what's next for you in the sport? Oh, uh, you know, I I mean <laughs> I I don't know. Like I, I have a full-time job. I'm a professor at a college and, and I enjoy doing that. You I, are. I know I am. What? That's a vegan college. I'm here in Leesburg and, and obviously I love doing that. I also, I'm an IO psychologist for a consulting firm. I do that part-time. I'm working with thought leaders and consulting firms and stuff. So 
so that obviously keeps me really busy um as far as like staying as a cut person like i'll just kind of see what comes along right it just depends cut person. Uh, karate combat is always... cut person <laughs> cut person cut i don't know it doesn't matter no but, it's, like, it's cut... weird because it's it's a not it we call it a cutlet? I, like a cutlet. I, like I just that. came up with that what are you i'm a cutlet i'm a cutlet i like that that's gender neutral <laughs> <laughs> gender neutral you heard it here, folks. We started a revolution right here on the Quick and Out podcast. We're calling oh my God. <laughs> I'm going to add that to my profile. Yeah, I'm a cutlet. I think we all should just add cutlet. Yeah. People are like, so what? What is that? What are you talking about? Like I said, somebody will get upset about that, and we're not making fun of anything. But at the same no. time, cut man, cut man just sounds normal. Cut woman just sounds weird because we're not used it to it. It's it's yeah. not as I mean, cut person just sounds like you're a butcher who couldn't make it through butcher school. <laughs> well, so I think like, it even sounds weird when we go over to England. They they pluralize cut. They say cutsman. They say, oh, you're a cutsman. And I'm like, I guess. I don't know. It sounds weird to me, but sure, I guess when in Rome. They like to things. Yeah, like maths. Yeah, yeah, instead maths. of maths, maths. Well, there's more than one. I asked about that. Yeah. About that. And I was like, well, you got me there. Yep. There's more You're than right. one type of math, I guess. <laughs> well, and then that case, then non fight related, even though you were over there for fight stuff, like what's the coolest thing you guys have been able to do on one of those trips besides watch hoist bastardized pasta with cheese? <laughs> I'm never um, going to forget that for the rest of my life. <laughs> I mean, we watched Fyodor Emelianenko cry at the Vatican. Yeah, I don't think he would be embarrassed that people know. He's a deeply religious man, and he's always like, the man wept at the moved. Vatican. He was moved. He was uh, that was pretty cool to see. Yeah. Uh, I mean, not cool, but like, was, whoa. You like, you know, you don't normally see that from yeah. him. Yeah, powerful. Oh, yeah, Especially coming from him, you know, yeah. somebody that kind of has an aura. Wow, oh. yeah. Oh, you he's know. outside my house. I'm, I'm dead. Yeah. Well, that's on you. I'll tell you what. The man loves red lobster. You know? Yes, you're he does. Set. Red lobster all in garden. garden. He loves uh, those really? two things. That is something I've learned about people coming to the United States is they love our chain restaurants and Olive Garden and Red Lobster at the top. Like, yep. like Russians, uh, Ukrainians, uh, any anybody from Europe other than maybe like honestly Ireland or England. They come over here. Or they want to... <laughs> Uh, yeah, it, it, well, Italians definitely, they're just a different. Like, Italians <laughs> yeah, don't like I mean, it. they're like all of them. They're like, is it Italian? And you'll be like, no. And they're like, it sucks. No. <laughs> or they'll just claim that Italian invented it. Yeah. In Italy, it's better. You'll be like, McDonald's, you know, Italians invented that two arches. Look at it. It's us. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> oh, and I say man. that because we have a heavily Italian European yes. ops team. So. <laughs> They, they're all fantastic. They're all fantastic. <laughs> Gaia and Paolo and all of those guys. Yeah. But but there is a lot of ball busting that goes yeah, on. For sure. For sure. I mean uh, I would say again, watching just, robots fight in Japan. We went oh yeah, we went to the robot there. show in Japan that what where what district was that? I can't remember. Shibuya, I think. I think so. Yeah, it was kind of famous. We heard about it online and it was everything it was cracked up to be yeah. because I was high as shit. Oh yeah. Like I took a really heavy edible before I went in there that I brought with me to Tokyo. Hoist, Hoist was there. I'm pretty sure Hoist figured out I was on an edible by the end uh, because <laughs> I was cracking up at what I was seeing. Uh, <laughs> he was like looking back over his shoulder, like, "What the fuck is yeah. this guy's problem?" <laughs> like, that's not that funny. <laughs> 
but it was a really cool show. If you ever are in Tokyo, I would highly recommend. And it wasn't that expensive. Like I would highly recommend that. Oh no, yeah, it was yeah, super cheap. It was, <laughs> it was like it was kind of like going to a, like a medieval times. Yeah, uh, but with, like, robots. with robots instead of <laughs> robots in Japan. Yeah, yeah in Japan. So well, I mean, that was, sounds great. Like. Yeah, it was, that was a, that was a pretty good. I'd forgotten about that actually. We got to go to the Louvre. I mean, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> like, we got to get a private tour of the Colosseum and the underground parts yeah. and everything. You know, those are all things that were that we definitely got to do because Viacom and Bellator, like, you know, arranged them. We had that. I mean, we got to get drunk with John Cavanaugh on a golf cart tour of Rome. Yes. Uh, you know, we 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 were on this tour together. And they, they say, yeah, well, they're like, we're going to stop at like a little, you know, a little store, the wink, wink that we're, we're cool with. And you guys can pick up drinks if you want to drink on the thing. And John went in there and got a bottle of, of uh, black label and he came out and he just like, there was no choice. He just started passing it around. Everyone like we were yeah, all going to be passing a bottle until it was gone. Yep. And that's what we did. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, we, we definitely had some good times like that, 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 uh, I'll I'll miss being able to to make new ones for sure. Yeah. But no, very good stuff yeah. Yeah. I think it's I mean it's very early in that stage of like the whole like on un, unhostile hostile takeover. You know, we don't know I what's mean, gonna it happen. Wasn't hostile. Bellator was going to be so I saw rumor yeah. like there were a lot of people on a lot of forums that nailed a lot of things. Like I was like, you know, I was like, you motherfuckers are right. <laughs> I just can't think so. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm gonna type. No, I can't do that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just gonna click the upvote button, maybe. <laughs> you know, let you know in my own little way. Uh, because there, you know, I saw rumors online. People basically said that that hey, Bellator. Like I was told, like early on the summer, like Bellator either has a buyer by December or it just goes away. You know what I mean? And that way, and I saw that on forums later, and I was like, they are not wrong. Whoever heard this heard it from somebody <laughs> <Yep>. that knows. <laughs> That's They're right. You're like, it wasn't me. Yeah, it yeah. was not me. Like, because, like, but I was surprised at some of the stuff that people got right. You know what I mean? And, and there were definitely times I saw people just guessing. I don't know. I, what, I don't know. What, you guys think it could be this? <laughs> Actually, you're right, sir. I'm not, <laughs> you are wondering <laughs> exactly what it is. Anonymous uh, user writes, you are absolutely right, sir. Yeah, I'm like, man, how are they? Like, I was kind of curious. I'm like, did I say something? Holy shit. Like, who are who they getting this from? Like, who am I even talking to? Because uh, even like uh, today with the announcement of Mike Kogan, like taking over Bellator operations, like that was something I've been hearing about for like since the sale, essentially. Yeah. Like whether or not, you know, he's very successful outside of MMA. So I think it was them courting him more than. Yeah. I mean, he owns two successful gyms. Yeah. And he, yeah. he's a successful manager. Like he's still Hoist Gracie's uh, manager, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, or he was. He was. Yeah. I think he only stepped aside when Hoist himself was signed with Bellator. So. Yeah. But, yeah, he's, he's a successful and again, manager, being, so. being in the community. I didn't even see that announcement today. Didn't even see it. Oh, yeah. Dude, no, I'm sorry. Yeah. Timing. So. Like, so Mike Hogan is is the new Scott Coker essentially for for Bellator Sports Worldwide. Prestige Worldwide. Yeah, Prestige Worldwide. Fights and hoes, I guess. Please tell me you're writing down all these catchphrases because I mean. Well, you're recording it. Do I need to? Yeah. 
I'm gonna see it on a t-shirt next week and be like, son of a bitch. They got us. Damn it. They got us on Alibaba already. Yeah. Like they already ripped us off. <laughs> well, guys, I really appreciate you coming on. Like it's been a journey. You know, I'm like I said, I'm excited what's to see what's next. You know, I want to see the company thrive. I, I definitely appreciate you guys, you know, repping the gear because I know you didn't do that on accident. Yeah, I I too live in Florida. I know it's not cold enough for any of us to be wearing one of these. But you know, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's it's so cold here. It's it's only sixty degrees out. That is <laughs> yeah. But it's um you know it's super exciting just because like it has been a journey and you know all the just all the support over the years. Like I really appreciate you guys. And yeah, we've appreciated uh, you, man, you know, real fans and appreciative fans can be hard to come by yeah. for sure. Yeah. And, and then to, to go from being a fan to being friends, you know, that's been even better, you know? Yeah. So and we I, appreciate you. I, uh, I need to make that drive. I know it's an hour and a half. <laughs> it's a long, we live in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, and there's nah, no, it's okay. I mean, I just, I live on the other side. Of the <laughs> it's my fault. Um, but definitely we'll have to make something happen soon um, just because like it's been too long. And now with, I don't like to ever say life's getting back to normal because it's, there, there's no normal and yeah, I hate, what's normal? I hate the term new normal. I hate the term new normal. There's, there's pre COVID COVID and post COVID. Those, those yeah. that's the timeline yeah. now. Like exactly. I, you know? I agree. And we are definitely in some post COVID. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right yeah. now, things, things are weird. Things are really weird. <laughs> so, oh yeah, they're really weird. But we'll yeah. get there. You know, personal, when space, personal space has disappeared again. So we're we're back to that <laughs> where you're like you turn around, and you're like, oh hi, um, <laughs> reaching over my shoulder to grab something at the store. I'm like oh, I miss right. the days when you would stand as far away from me as possible because I, you know, sniffled or like yeah, cleared I, my throat. That like the other day I was in the store and people were coughing and sneezing and I was like, oh come on. Now I know you got a mask at home yep. somewhere. Like <laughs> I mean if you're sick, put it on. Yeah. You know you're sick. You don't have to wear why. Yeah, I'm not saying like, you gotta do it for protect yourself from me, but don't give me the flu. I don't want to get sick. Think about like pre-COVID. You saw somebody in a mask with this like in a store with a mask and you'd be like, oh, they're being they the yeah. Yeah. Or they were Jason Herzog, you know, one or the other. <laughs> so, like that man pioneered wearing masks on planes <laughs> and then yeah. COVID oh just like, yeah. <laughs> So, well, but we, we appreciate, uh, you know, well, and the, the push and the pump that you've given us in the past. And, yeah. and uh, I mean, like, we, there's not a lot of people that ask Cutman to come on the podcast. You know what I mean? So like we, we well, definitely appreciated the fact that you even give a shit <laughs> what we do. No, no. Not, not just Cutman, but Cutman who aren't Stitch. And yes, I went there. Uh, wait, oh, sorry. We really appreciate that you have cutlets on the podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So, thank you. From, from, the cutlet, from the cutlet community, yes. the bottom of our, our, our cockles. <laughs> the cockles of the cutlet community. Thank you. Well, talk a little bit more about the brand. You know, where can people get the stuff? Because. Uh, yeah, uroitape.com. Uh, nobody knows how to pronounce it. That's okay. It's Y-O-R-O-I tape.com. Uroi is Japanese for armor, which is why we went back because we were like, well, that's a good name for tape, armor, right? 
Uh, we went with dragons as our logo, and you see a lot of our marketing yeah. has to do with dragons. And the reason we did that is just because we think they're they're cool. We were we were we were drunk, and we were throwing stuff around in the group chat. And we're like, I don't know, dragons, and and we were like, fuck yeah, dragons. And so that's where Roy got dragons from. Uh, so please go to yourroytape.com. We have some interesting marketing now. Please give us some feedback. Uh, we're trying out some like fighter packs, some individual packaging style changes, maybe trying to create like an unboxing experience for, you know, a cut man. So uh, anybody that even wants to go look at it, email us and tell us if it's stupid or not. Please yeah. feel free. Uh, right. But I really wish you'd buy something instead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we're definitely uh, uh, right now. Yeah, it's like right now is a good time to buy. We're running a, a promotion called 12 Months of Christmas. And that is anybody that buys at least one box of 12 rolls of tape from your Roy between now and the end of the year. Um, I'll put you in a contest. No limit to the amount of entries uh, just per box. Uh, and you'll win a box a month for the next year. So if you're a cut man, that, that'll just about cover you. That's 12 wraps a month that you'll be covered just with your Roy tape for free, just for buying one box. Yep. So it's worth a shot. And you get to try out uh, a pretty a premium tape at a, at a discount price. So yeah, and, like, and please, please buy my tape. You're doing. <laughs> Yes, buy yeah. from somebody who knows what yeah. they're doing. <laughs> so, and uh, if you do buy my tape and you tell me my box sucks, I will write you back and tell you that I absolutely agree with you. Uh, we're working on <laughs> and we're working on, on it. Yes, the box sucks, but the tape is phenomenal. Yes. Um, and it is the only tape, if there's a cut man out there listening to it, you're going to want to hear this part. It's the only tape that we individually package. So each tape is individually packaged so that uh, when it sits in that inevitably sits in that hot warehouse that every tape has to sit in, when you get it, it won't be stuck and all crusty and like hard to pull and like hard to Half lay down melted. because it was protected from the heat and the humidity by being individually packaged. So uh, that's one thing that we do that nobody else does that I'm really proud of. And uh, that alone, I think, is is worth the price, especially since the price is so, so low. Cheap already. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm so not even because so. there's a cool dragon logo. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 really cool. And if you don't like dragons, I mean, like you can use our tape, but like you know, change yeah. your life. You know, <laughs> maybe reconsider dragons. You know, change your life. I don't know. I'm sure I've explained this before, but like my logo, the way I explained it to the guy, I was like, years and years ago, I was with my best friend. We were at Walmart, and I was playing the claw machine, and he just called me Frankenclaw. And it just kind of stuck with me, and then it became Frank and Quig. And there was there was a band, The Devil Wears Prada, that had a shirt, and it was something similar to this creature that you see on the screen. And I showed the guy the picture. And I was like, I want it to look like that, but jujitsu. Nice. And then he, he sent me the picture, and the guy had a black belt, and I was like, Oh, this is gonna piss somebody off. Nah, and it's like, not. You. And it's I said, you know what? I said, yeah. But if he had a white belt, it wouldn't look cool. I was like, the black no. belt looks cool. So I was like, yeah. Yeah. Honestly, uh, it kind of reminds me, and this is gonna date me a little bit, but I don't know if you remember a, a book and a movie with Howie Mandel from a long time ago called Little Monsters. Yeah. Uh, and it, it kind of he always reminds me of Howie Mandel's character in Little Monsters with the the horns on the side. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, that's perfect. When he drew yeah. it, I was like, "That's the that's the one." I was like, "That's the thing right there." Yeah. But so, yeah, these definitely. things, but when they're when they're right, they're right, yep. you know. And then, yeah. like I said, for Uroy, it was like I don't know, dragons, yeah. and like everybody agreed to it drunk, so we knew we'd like it sober. <laughs> that should be a slogan too. If we yeah. agreed to it drunk, we've got a... tape so good you'll love it sober. There you go. Yeah. <laughs>
Um, you'll like our chain trunk, but you'll love it sober. We can just, we can just, we can just work copy here on the podcast the rest of the time. <laughs> I, I fight tape that won't. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh God, I've been watching old Arrested Development episodes, so now I've got a bunch of Jobism stuck in my head, and that's what I'm going to call them because you only watch seasons one through three. I cannot and will not watch the last two seasons. I won't do yeah. it. Yeah, it gets a little awkward there at the yeah, end, but yeah. you know. I mean, it got really awkward the first. I remember sitting waiting for Netflix to release season four, and I stayed yeah. up and I'm like, I'm gonna watch this, and I was like, I wish this had never happened. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was afraid the same thing was gonna happen with uh, uh, with Karate Kid. Yeah. Uh, and luckily, it did not. But I will always forever be thankful for Arrested Development giving us that. It's one banana, Michael. What can it cost? Ten dollars. <laughs> like, like if I don't use that line at least, at once, least a day, once a day, you know. There's, so like, hey, there's always money in the banana stand. <laughs> like two, uh, two couple, couple bad seasons on Netflix. You get a pass for that line. Yeah, like you yeah, gave yeah. me that. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> so, um, well, I'll take a moment. And so I always keep this part for the sponsor part. You know, La Barba Cubana, amazing beard care. Fat Boy Jiu-Jitsu out of Orlando, BJJ gear. Yeah, I love guys. Fat Boy Jiu-Jitsu. They're they're definitely oh a of bar there. Yeah. yeah. Well, awesome. they he supports Fight Night, and I've trained I've trained Fight Night's Cutman, mm -hmm. actually Justin Henslin, who used to be one of their champions. Fat Boy Jiu-Jitsu is a great brand for anybody listening. Please buy by all means. He's and he's a great example of somebody who got in shape too. Yeah. So yeah. and Juan was on the show uh, episode. God, now I'm gonna forget. It wasn't episode 49, but I had Juan on the show. And it was so cool because I was like, in one moment, I was like, wait, what's your name again? <laughs> like, I completely, because I was just like, you're fat boy jujitsu. Like, that's who you are. <laughs> that's your name. Yeah. That's you. That's you. I'm so, bad. so I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt your sponsor's call outs, but I just wanted to double up on that one. <laughs> oh, no. When did I have one? Oh, my God. Now I'm like freaking out. I'm like, wait, when was I remember that? Uh, seeing him uh, come up whenever you had him on and being like stoked on that. I was like, oh, well, that's so cool. 67, 67. So 67. a lot closer than I thought it was. There's been a lot more time in between the episodes because like I was saying, I was like, you know, you have those months where you're like, I can book everybody. And then you have those months where you're like, nobody's coming on the show. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Same in the fight oh. game. Yeah, yeah it's, it, it is everyone game. takes the fight. Some shows no one wants yeah. to take the fight. And then to round it off, you know, Tim underscore makes knives on Instagram. Bertso's Bake Shop, amazing bake shop in Orlando. If you're that way, which you guys are way closer than I am. So um, Tales of a Concert Junkie, one of my absolute favorite brands. Um, there's a promo code quigging out. A lot of their shirts are like mental health driven. So like the one I'm wearing now is um, more a death cap shirt but you know it's follow you in the dark it's one of their artist series nice but i love the the attachment to mental health and kind of promoting it in a way that like music is therapy music is absolutely that can, like get you through stuff so um you go over there you know promo code quicken out should still work uh, i think it gets you 15 percent off your order but just check out their stuff it's cool and then i don't know if the Rev Gear one still works, but Rev Gear, if you're listening, hopefully it works. Uh, go over to Rev Gear, use that promo code Quiggin Out, get a discount off their stuff too for any training gear. But right now, your Roy tape is where you need to get your stuff from because uh, these yeah. guys, um, you know, you there's a lot of people who, in your situation, I mean, you were with Bellator for how long? Twelve years. It was my twelve year anniversary with Bellator this past October, actually. Jeez. 
So 12 years of your life, and then it's just that's gone. It. Yeah, and by text, I actually. <laughs> by text. <laughs> so I was notified via text <laughs> that that my Bellator career was at its end. Uh, but hey, man, I wouldn't want to make that phone call either. Yeah. No, I wouldn't have want to make that phone call either. But like, you know what? The text you could be like, "You're an asshole." Okay. Yep. Because no. you know what? I would have yelled at me if I would have made that phone call. So <laughs> I wouldn't want me to yell at me either. I've watched me yell at people. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I get it. But yeah, it, it, it's uh, it's an ending. But you know, new beginnings too. I guess to sound cliche. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we could have one cliche in this. You know, rubber baby buggy bumpers. Like, what are we? <laughs> Well, I'll be back. I'll be back. Yeah. The I'll be back that wasn't even supposed to be I'll be back. It was supposed to be I'll be right back. Yeah. I will be back. I will be back. I love what Arnold said there. He goes, I think the line is wrong. And Spielberg said to him, Are you a director? Don't tell me how to fucking direct. Right. But the line was wrong. Yeah. The line was wrong. No, the line was correct. It was written. It was written wrong. No, it was yeah. written, I'll be back. He wanted to say, I will be back. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. And it was yeah. like, he was in the movie for, what, 21 minutes? Like, it wasn't a lot. Yeah, no, it's a tiny, tiny yeah. amount. Yeah. <laughs> but who cares? It was perfect. Yeah. 21 perfect yeah. minutes. <laughs> but, well, on behalf of myself, Combat Press, like, I've been thankful to you over the years. The Michael Chandler story I have told on here, <laughs> you know it well, so we'll just leave it at that. Because I don't know if we're allowed to talk about that now. Um, I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't know. I know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny. No, we appreciate you, Matt. We we appreciate yeah. all you've done for us over the years. And and uh, I mean, we hope that that this isn't our last hurrah. But if it is, we we were happy okay. you were in the corner the whole time. So no, I'll be I'll be um, I'll be watching what you guys are doing, and I'm sure you'll keep me up to date on it as well. Um, even if you are, you know. What was it? Was it Blues fans? St. Louis Blues fans? Is yeah, no, that, that, yeah. yeah, I'm seeing their record. We don't need to bring that up. We don't need to bring that Listen, up. We're, the Lightning aren't doing so hot either, but yeah. I'm still going to support them until, you know, I'm dead <laughs> ground because, you know, we still have those championships, so it's okay. Uh, wow. Fuck you. That <laughs> wasn't a dig at you. Was wow. Okay. Okay. And I'll never forget that on Facebook. I was like, why am I seeing all these blues posts? And you were like, you just like commented a picture. I was like, oh, that's why. Well, that's always a, you know, sometimes I get asked like, hey, what's your favorite? It makes your favorite sport. And I'm like, you mean hockey? hockey. <laughs> yeah. so. I'll watch. I got to the point where I'm watching like other teams play. I watch point. any yeah. yeah. It comes on. I think it's it's. I have it with my Hulu and Paramount yeah. bundle or whatever, and so I just look. Now they're just always on. Yep. I can see all the games. Yep. So well, the, the Sharks uh, Red Wings game the other night, they scored six goals in three minutes and one second. I, I was like, that was ridiculous. And <laughs> honestly, the fights on the ice over the last month have been oh, pretty great too like it's a, like everybody's learning how to fight or like something they're like yeah everything's going crazy but it's a bit phenomenal yeah and i'll plug one guy in particular tanner Janot. oh like, well I watch him fight and i'm like dude that dude knows how to box like, yeah like no, get that like, dude in a case right yes <laughs> i'm like yeah that's what's up so well again on behalf of myself combat press and truly like thankful for you know two people like you guys because were people who probably wouldn't have crossed paths any other way, you know, given the distance and given, you know, what we're doing, but I'm thankful for that. So I know that's this is the great thing about MMA. Yeah. You know, 
That's what it yeah. does. Yeah, all you never know who you're going to talk to. Listen, one of the highlights of my life was getting to interview Ensign Inoue when he was in Japan. Nice. And we're talking for like two hours. And I'm like, yeah. okay, it's 1230 at night. I know it's 10 a.m. there. But yeah. I'm tired. I, yeah. Go. Yeah, I gotta go, dude. <laughs> I got fanboyed out when I saw him myself. At, yeah. uh, oh, no. I, yeah. I had yeah. to hold it back. Listen, if you go back and watch episode 25, I interviewed Sherman Augustus, who was on Into the Badlands and who was mm -hmm. on Stranger Things. Mm -hmm. And he was like, Oh, I have the Chinese five ring broadsword. You want to see it? I lost my shit. Ah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Yes, I want to see that. <laughs> Don't ask stupid I know, questions. Yeah, yeah I was like, God, no. Um, but again, thank you guys so much. I really do appreciate the time. You're and um, everybody go buy their stuff because these yeah. aren't two people who are just like get rich and you know trying to come up with some scheme. Oh, really I, we're not charging nearly enough to get rich at all. No, that's, no. The, that's the point. <laughs> but you're but you're somebody who for at least so for at least the last 12 years there, if not more, with all your the background that you guys have, you're trying to keep people safe. Yep. And I think that should be highlighted. And, oh. you know, that, that could change the sport one step at a time. You know, next we need to get the gloves because that's a whole nother. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the biggest step that's been made in gloves in recent history was made by a Bellator cut man. It was Dean Lasseter. Yeah. You know, Dean Lasseter was the one that went to Everlast and said, hey, guys, uh, I think we should do this. And then Everlast went, you're right. And now Leone makes the, well, whoever is going to buy the Bellator PFL, no, but Leone was making them. But it all started with Dean Lasseter in his garage. The yeah. dude is like a, a cut man inventor, you know. Yes. And so, yeah. like, it, it really is. It's it's the cut man. If, you're, if we're talking about safety, the cut man should be who is designing and innovating this yeah. stuff, not not the person looking to get the lowest bid. Yeah. You know, with the highest profit margin. There's a lot of people that talk about fighter safety that don't actually pay it any attention. So we're trying we're to change that a little bit. Hopefully. Yes. Yeah. Wow, we got deep in that last like 20 minutes. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like that's the best part of the show right there. So again, thank you guys. And we'll have to set something up soon in the next couple of months. I know the holidays are crazy, but Definitely need to make our way over there and um, absolutely yeah. make something happen. So thank you guys again and uh, thank you, have a great night. You too. You too. Bye. Bye.